The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Tonight on Passion, I answer your questions uh, all hour long. You can send them to me at 514-800. You can call in with a question, uh, whether it's about sex or your relationship, you want to talk something out at 514-790-0800. Uh, some people do send me by email, laurie at drlaurie.com, or you can do it through the iHeartRadio app as well. Uh, so uh, pretty much anything goes, whatever you've got for me. I will answer. I do have a little bit of a backlog of emails that I want to get to, but your texts matter. So if you have a, a question right here, right now, the texts uh, will go first. So you can send them along to me uh, right here, 514-800 to text in. Uh, this is, I got an email following last night's show. I guess it was in response to our discussion that we had about the financial industry and how the, uh, which is largely uh, the employees, men, really, um, even though there are plenty of women who uh, who are in that industry as well, but and how the, the how-to movement has kind of created a, a confusion in, uh, in many men, and not just a confusion, but a, a, an apprehension. And so it has led to uh, keeping women out of the loop, like, uh, for example, if you've got a whole bunch of guys and they're going on a business trip to avoid, uh, for example, um, bringing along the female staff to avoid dinners out with uh, with females. And so that that's kind of a little bit of a, of a backlash. But let me... Uh, let me just read what this uh, emailer wrote. Worked with so many men in the business world and within the airlines. Was also into modeling. This was from a woman, by the way. Uh, found in general that it was up to me to decide where any conversation was going with a man. It was the women who presented problems. The actions of a female who discovered through your help was a narcissist, destroyed me in order to seize my daycare. There were other women, even in my family, who were serious of extremely uh, dangerous judgments in order to achieve her means. A neighbor sent her husband to my home to stimulate their sex life. Scary. Unfortunately, there are some women who are jerks. Uh, there are women who can cause a lot of damage to a man's reputation by lying. I'm not going to deny that. That is a fact. That is true. There have been uh, examples of this in the media as well. Uh, women who have come forward and, and it was discovered that they were not being uh, truthful. Unfortunately, those women uh, really hurt the women who are truly victims. And that's, uh, that's a problem. And that unfortunately is, is quite sad. Hi, Dr. Lori. Thank you for your show. I'm sure it helps so many people that don't know where to get answers to their concerns nor who to ask. Here's my situation. 
I'm in a heterosexual relationship. I'm 27. He's 27. That has started as long distance. So the first six months, long distance, and is now in the same city. It's been three months. My boyfriend and I were very sexually active at first when we would meet once a month for a few days to see each other. However, when I moved to the city where he lives and we started seeing each other more regularly, almost daily, our sex life has significantly reduced, almost to the point of extinction. He hasn't initiated except for once in the last month, and we have not reached orgasm in the times I've initiated. Most of the times that I would initiate, he would pleasure me but would not get aroused or would quickly lose the arousal. We even took a break of one and a half weeks to hope and spice things up, but when we got together, he had no interest in having sex. I don't understand what happened, and I'm taking the situation very personally, as if I'm not sexy enough for him or feel like I'm not doing what excuse me, what he needs, wants to satisfy him. I've talked about the situation with him a few times and he reassures me that it has nothing to do with me and it's just a phase that he's going through and he's had these before in the past with other partners. However, my anxiety keeps rising about the situation and the reassurance doesn't sit well with me. I'm scared to try initiating sexual activities with him because I'm afraid of rejection. And yet, if I don't initiate, I get equally frustrated that he doesn't initiate. When we spoke about this, and I cautiously asked him about whether he masturbates when he's in this phase, he honestly answered that he still does, but much less, about twice a week. I was hurt by the answer because I felt that he would rather pleasure himself than have me pleasure him. I feel like I'm just not good enough. Except for that, everything seems good. He's affectionate as before. Have you heard of such situations? Is this a phase that will pass or is this a new phase we're entering? Is there anything I can do to bring back the sexual part? Does this sound like the beginning of the end? Is everything honestly okay and the sex will come back eventually? Uh, Signed, an anxious girlfriend. Okay, so what's going on here? When your relationship is long-term, Every time you see each other, there's kind of an expectation to have sex. It's a little bit different than when you're in the same city or you're living together with somebody. uh, When you're available to each other (coughs) more regularly. So uh, it's very possible that when you got together that once a month, long distance, it was a bit like a little bit of a honeymoon situation. And now your boyfriend is in his everyday life with his everyday stresses. I would want to know, and I can tell you first that it's not about you. It's rarely, if he tells you it's not about you, it's not about you. And I've seen this in many men. Uh, It's not just women who experience low desire. There are men who experience low desire as well. But I don't think it's something that can be called a phase unless he's going through a depression or something that he's gone through in the past. So maybe it's a mental health issue. Regardless, it needs to be addressed and and looked at. You need to have some open dialogue about this and letting him know that this is important for you and that the both of you should go and get help. And I really think in this situation, going to see a therapist uh, would be your best bet to, first of all, flush out first what's going on. What is the cause of this? Is it him not being able to handle uh, his stress? Is there some form of performance anxiety going on there? Has he always had low libido? Like, 
I would want to examine this pattern in him. So this is something that uh, I'm hoping he will look into. If he doesn't, well, you may find yourself frustrated over time. And I think when you're in a loving, committed relationship and one person is experiencing difficulties, that it should be addressed rather than left you feeling bad about yourself. So, uh, I, I really don't think this is about you, but I also don't think this is a phase that will just disappear on its own. So please seek out help, seek a therapist, contact me again. I'm happy to refer you or to see you myself, but this is something as a couple that you should, uh, that you should definitely, definitely do. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. It's Trouble Tuesday, and I forgot to thank my colleague, Amanda Luterman, who sat in for me while I was away and answered your questions. So thank you for that, Amanda. If you have any questions about love, sex, relationships, text them in or call in 514-800. You can call in at 514-790-0800. Of course, you can also email me anytime uh, to laurie at drlaurie.com or you can use the uh, the iHeartRadio app and you can do that as well. Uh, all right, let me get to a text before I get to the uh, herpes question which came via email what are your thoughts on financial domination and how does one get into it or any other sexual domination centered career safely and carefully so what I think you're asking me is uh, what I think about professional they're known as professional doms or professional dominatrix uh, sometimes involving sex oftentimes not it's just the dominant part and you a person who wants to be uh, get involved in this type of BDSM scenario would pay for it. So some people don't pay for it, but some people look for professional doms. I don't know much about the industry except the interviews I've done with uh, professional uh, doms and many of whom I've spoken to who do not uh, offer any uh, sexual services, but do offer the other kinds of behaviors like other kinds of uh, uh, things that they do, uh, like bondage and and uh, disciplining and things like that, that are involved in in BDSM. How do you go about it, uh, and carefully and safely? I really I, look. There's a risk to me. There's a there's a risk for anybody who's in the uh, paid sex work or let's call this sex work, uh, industry because, uh, you know, you ha sometimes it's difficult to vet who you're inviting into your domain, so to speak. So there's, uh, there's always a risk, but, uh, I'm assuming that people use, uh, social media to make their services, uh, known. Um, there are, uh, you, there's places you can put ads. I know that our um, Pierre and Catherine of BDSM Circle, who are our panelists on our BDSM panel, 
they uh, they have a website, and I believe there's a section there with ads that people can put up as well. So they would probably be the best people to ask this question of. So you can send a question to them. Just go to their website, bdsmcircle.com, and I'm sure they would be able to uh, to direct you in the uh, in the right direction. All right, what are the signs of genital herpes? This person wants to know. So first off, genital herpes is probably the most common sexually transmitted disease that we find in North America caused by what's called the herpes simplex virus type 2. Uh, so commonly known as HSV. The type 1, so there's two types of herpes. There's the type 1, which is uh, more often is the kind that causes cold sores on the mouth, although HSV1 can also be found on, uh, on the genitals, and it can be a cause of genital herpes. So if uh, somebody uh, has, uh, for example, uh, puts their mouth, on somebody's genitals and they have a cold sore, the beginnings of a cold sore, they can then cause uh, genital herpes. Believe it or not, most people with genital herpes don't even know that they have it because it sometimes shows doesn't show up at all, like no symptoms or such mild symptoms that they uh, get overlooked. This gets passed on from one person to another through sexual contact, so contact uh, below the, the belt, even if the person with the virus doesn't have any symptoms or signs of infection. So it's not enough, for example, to look at somebody's genitals before you go there and say, uh-oh, no, no, no go. Of course, if you see a sore, that's a telltale sign, but you may not see any uh, any kind of sore. So once the, the virus does enter th- enters the body through uh, the skin. So it's a skin to skin, um, sexually transmitted infection rather than an infection that is transmitted through, um, through bodily fluids. It travels along nerve paths and for many people it's dormant. In other words, it's completely inactive and in the nerves and it can remain there indefinitely. It could rear its ugly head 10 years later, 20 years later, Uh, And for some people, the virus does become active, which means that it it travels the nerve path and comes to the surface of the skin. Uh, And then the virus is uh, is shed. And that's when you see an outbreak of symptoms or sometimes not undetected. But it is easily passed through sexual contact. And unfortunately... um, a condom, just wearing a condom is not enough to, uh, to protect the partner. Uh, so, because there could be areas that, uh, of skin that are uncovered. Obviously, it only protects uh, the penis, but doesn't protect other areas surrounding it. In terms of uh, outbreaks, that also varies from person uh, to person. So, it's true, you may never notice that you have symptoms from uh, HSV infection, but on the other hand, you might notice symptoms even within a few days 
to a couple of weeks of having come into contact uh, with an infected person. But you could also have an initial outbreak months later, even years after become infect becoming infected. So sometimes it's hard to know, where did I get this from? Who gave this to me? So that's part of, uh, part of, the, of the problem. Uh, and usually if, if the symptoms occur like right away, they do tend to be a little bit more severe. What they look like, they look like small blisters uh, that eventually break open and produce a, a painful sore at which scabs and heals over, sometimes takes a few weeks. Sometimes these sores or blisters uh, come with a, like, like with fever or swollen uh, lymph nodes. So those are the, the obvious signs. There's no cure for genital herpes. No cure. Just remember that. Uh, but there are treatments, and they are usually antiviral uh, treatments. So there's a, a few out on the market, like uh, Zovarax, Valtrex. These are some of the antivirals that could actually shorten the outbreaks or and, and in some cases even prevent outbreaks. Some of them are daily. You take them daily and, and they suppress. So it's called a, a suppressive therapy, which reduces the number of outbreaks and also reduces the potential spread of, uh, of the disease. So you have to discuss with your doctor which drug you could take, which one uh, you could tolerate, etc. So if you do have a herpes episode, you have to abstain uh, from anybody coming into contact with your genitals. It helps to keep the area uh, clean and dry, especially if you you know want the infection to go away uh, quicker. Don't touch them with your hands. Um, because if you if your hands touch and then you touch your mouth and all of that, that's that's no good. So wash your hands uh, thoroughly. You know that uh, you can have sex after the sores are completely gone. That's when the scab has fallen off, and there's a new skin that covers where uh, the blisters are. So, but as in in terms of infecting someone else, you could still infect someone else. Because again, you don't have to have an outbreak uh, to infect somebody. So it's kind of scary, but that, and that's why it's, it's very, very common, very, very common. Unfortunately, still a stigma exists for people who have herpes. I, I did a podcast with someone, um, it's called Something Positive for Positive People. And he started this podcast for people with herpes because he had herpes himself and wanted to break uh, the stigma of this. But it is that common, actually. Texter writes, uh, what kinds of symptoms could be overlooked? Well, they're overlooked because they're not there. They're, you, don't, you don't see them. They're, uh, they don't surface to, they don't surface up through the skin to create a, 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 a blister. So you wouldn't know. That's the, uh, the problem. It's not that they are overlooked. It's that, y that you're asymptomatic. You don't have the symptoms, even if you have the herpes virus. So, 
All right, here's a, a texter. Uh, Dr. Laurie, I have a friend who is in our group. We go for a drink sometimes. He is the only one single because women think he comes on too strong. He recently met a girl and decided to go for dinner and hang out after. They hit it off and finished the date on the mountain overlooking the city. After that date, the girl ghosted him. The reason was because he never made the move on her, she told us. He is now confused as to what a reasonable approach would be. Well, it's hard to tell, uh, you know, that this was her reason. And if he had moved in too quickly, that might have been somebody else's reason. So not like kind of not knowing uh, is part of the is part of the dating. One can always ask, you know, I'd like to kiss you or I'd like to, or I'd like to move a little slower. I really like you, but I want to take this slow. Uh, That's something that's a a possibility, but I can understand the confusion. It's like he didn't want to move too quickly because maybe that was a turnoff to other people. You say he comes on too strong. So he's taking a little bit of a step back and now he's like, now he's ghosted for that reason. So uh, I can see how this can create a whole lot of uh, of confusion, but there's not much we could tell him truly uh, to do for next time because uh, next time this approach might work actually rather nicely. So tell him to keep at it and keep dating, uh, and you know he'll uh, he'll figure it out. Not coming on too strong, not good. Coming on maybe not strong enough, not good either. Find the in-between. Your relationship's on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD. Your questions answered on this Trouble Tuesday. Uh, by the way, if you have any thoughts you want to add to any of the other questions that are uh, are being asked, feel free to put in your two cents, like the one about coming on uh, too strong, the, the woman who ghosted a guy because he didn't make a move on her on that first date and the guy's confused. Uh, talk to me about that. If you have any experience with this or you want to offer up some of your uh, uh, your opinion on that, that would be welcomed. 514-800. Uh, let me get this uh, erection problem here. I'm over 70 and still have strong sexual desires. Unfortunately, my body does not respond in kind. I used to be able to get almost instant erections and last for 20 minutes of intercourse. Now my erection is half of what it used to be, and it comes and goes. The only way I can have an orgasm now is through oral sex, and it can take close to an hour. Of course, this completely exhausts uh, my partner. I haven't uh, climaxed during intercourse in over a year. I take no drugs. I don't drink or smoke. I'm not as physically fit as I used to be. I am overweight, but I am going back to the gym. Can you help? So I hear your frustration for sure, but I want to assure you, well, this is maybe not, you won't feel reassured necessarily, but what's happening to you is normal for uh, a man in his 70s. As we age, uh, erectile uh, problems are common. I mean, it still sounds like you're able to have uh, some intercourse. You're just not able to ejaculate because that takes longer as we get older as well and may require more stimulation. Hence, it, it can work with uh, with oral sex. But 
it does take longer. So this is part of the aging process. It takes longer to get the erection. You lose your erection faster. Uh, it takes longer to uh, ejaculate as well. Those are common uh, aging, age-related effects on the penis. Sadly, for a lot of men I know, even though and libido can stay uh, intact for for the your whole life cycle, but the body does age as it does uh, for women. The good news is is that you're probably ahead of many men uh, in your age category uh, who may be experiencing complete erectile failure. So uh, that's kind of a, a little bit of a silver lining. I know this probably doesn't help you very much, but nonetheless, going to the gym, losing weight, staying fit, staying healthy is very important uh, because it helps your overall cardiovascular health, which means uh, blood flow and we need blood flow to the penis as well. So these kinds of things are important and are always important because they make you feel better. Uh, they, you feel, uh, fitter. However, you, there are still men who are fit, who go to the gym regularly, uh, and who experience erectile dysfunction, just like there are athletes who drop dead of a heart attack, unfortunately. So it's not always, uh, just about that, although it does help. You could speak to your doctor about trying uh, erectile dysfunction drugs. You don't say whether you've tried them, but things like Viagra, Cialis, or, or what have you may be an option for you. It uh, most likely could work. Another angle I want you to look at is maybe redefining lovemaking, redefining sex. Uh, you sound quite goal oriented with your sex. Like it's all about getting to the end or getting to the orgasm. There's less of a need to orgasm as we age as well. So maybe it's about, uh, finding ways to simply enjoy each other, enjoy the stimulation without having to get somewhere. So enjoying the journey instead of simply getting to, uh, the destination. It might also be helpful to talk to a therapist about the, the somebody who deals with sexuality for you and your wife to, um, to be able to talk about this, this topic openly and maybe find some solutions or tips that, uh, that could help you have a, a more satisfying, um, sex life. Like there's just because somebody has erectile dysfunction doesn't mean sex has to end. Even a flaccid penis experiences pleasurable sensation. And in fact, even without an erection, a man can, uh, can ejaculate. So it, it's not all about the erection. Um, although, you know, here I am a woman telling men, it's not all about the erection. Whereas often men, are qu are quite uh, upset because this uh, kind of affects their their sense of virility, their sense of masculinity. It's very much tied into their ability to uh, to have an erection. But fear not, because there is many things you can do to maintain your sexuality, even if your penis isn't working at its optimal level. But there, it's normal. We have to accept these changes. There's, these are aging, just like you can't run as fast as you did 20 years ago. Um, and just like you can't lift as much weights as you did 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. These are some of the things that are part of the aging process. 
One of the reasons why, and thank you for allowing me to plug this, uh, my book here, but the sex Bible for people over 50, I address all of that. There's a whole chapter on erectile dysfunction in there, um, with uh, a whole bunch of tips for you and solutions that you can try and goes through all the different treatment options in terms of uh, medication from least invasive to most invasive, which you can decide what you want to do. If the, if taking a pill or uh, injections, or there's other things that can, uh, that can be done to help you along the way. Okay, this is one that people might want to answer as well. Hi, Dr. Lori, what is your opinion or explanation about a man in his 60s adding so many younger women on social media and flirting with them? They are in their 20s and 30s. So uh, another part of aging possibly is feeling like you're getting older, you want to check out your own desirability, you um, want to feel young again, so you connect with younger people. I mean, these are this would be my explanation. Now, if this person is doing this while in a committed relationship, if they're doing anything in secret without the wife's the, or the partner's knowledge, then that to me would pose a problem because the partner may feel betrayed or may uh, develop a lack of trust or may not know how far these flirtations are going. What kinds of flirtation? Are we talking about um, friendly? Are we talking about lewd? Are we talking about making sexual comments? Are we talking about eliciting uh, eliciting or, or requesting uh, sexy pictures, like what are we talking about when we're talking about uh, flirting? Since there's many different ways to flirt, so I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. Five one four eight hundred to text in, or you can call in at five one four seven nine zero zero eight hundred. I've been dealing with this problem for a few months now. I'm polyamorous with a primary partner. Recently, a friend with benefits and former lover told me she feels uncomfortable that my partner wants to be her friend on social media. My primary just wants to get along, but my friend admitted she still has feelings for me and feels jealous. Confusing, I know. I tried to sum it up best I could. So polyam people who are in polyamorous uh, relationships are have an understanding that they have other uh, that they're allowed to have other relationships. They have a primary, they're committed romantically to one person, but they can have boyfriends and girlfriends on the side who are secondary relationships, not primary relationships. But you describe a problem that happens often is that deeper feelings develop. It, it's more than a friend with a benefit. That friend with a benefit starts to develop feelings for you and now it causes a problem in the relationship. So the rules have to be clear. You have to sit with your part, your primary partner and talk about the rules and social media should be included in that. No social media connection or what have you. Like you need to sit down and, and establish uh, what works for you and for your primary partner. Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJD 800. 
your questions answered tonight on CJD at 514-800 if you want to text in questions and comments about some of the stuff I've been talking about tonight. You can also call in, of course, at 514-790-0800. But first, I want to thank Mitsubishi Motors for being part of the CJD family. And I should add, uh, recently, just about a month ago, I bought myself a Mitsubishi PHEV, which is a, um, a hybrid car. And I'm really enjoying it, even though I've got a, you've, you know, when you're driving electric and gas, like you're trying, you're obsessed with using only electricity. Uh, but it's kind of fun because I got all these great parking spots now uh, that weren't available to me before. Where I just plug my car in and off I go. So it's kind of fun. Uh, all right. Uh, Hanny, old Hanny, as she calls herself, says, Dr. Laurie, you make me smile. How nice and kind to explain to the person of 70 years old. Well, you know what? It's, um, <laughs> any question from any age, I get questions from very young to very old. And that tells me, and that confirms that we remain sexual, uh, for our whole lives. We are sexual beings and can continue to be sexual until the day we die. Of course, barring any medical condition or, or, or impediments to maintaining a sex life, like having a partner or things like that. But that doesn't, you can still be sexual with yourself as well. I was having sex with my boyfriend and it lasted longer than usual, about an hour with different positions. So for quite a while now, we've also been using the withdrawal method. This time, when he pulled out and uh, orgasmed, the ejaculate was clear and watery as opposed to a, a thicker white color that I normally see. I want to know if that means that he already ejaculated inside me, he said he didn't, or if this is a normal occurrence due to perhaps the prolonged sexual experience, or is this a medical problem? Well, you guessed right uh, that it, it's not a medical problem. It is due to the prolonged sexual experience. So um, this usually happens with prolonged lovemaking. The, the vast majority, by the way, of the liquid part of semen is prostatic fluid, fluid that comes from uh, the prostate gland. So if a, if a guy is drinking enough water and, and is well hydrated, the semen's consistency depends on the amount of prostatic fluid that is in the mix. The longer a man is in a state of arousal, the secretion of prostatic fluid increases. So basically, as the time spent having sex increases, then the semen typically becomes thinner and more watery. So perfectly normal. Uh, you can believe that he did not ejaculate inside of you if he said so, and it wouldn't have one would have nothing to do with uh, the other. Uh, I am a man 60 years old. I have PAD and had a stent installed. So that's to open a, a, a heart valve. Uh, since then, my penis freaked out and still two years, no erection. Nada. I went from eight inch into the size of your thumb. Well, that's because it's flaccid. I since then lost my marriage. Can I have the penis implant pump installed? Will Medicare cover the cost? Great question. Uh, and it's a great option, actually, to um, put in the, the penile um, rods 
they put basically two rods on each side of the the penis because you have two uh cor they're called corpus cavernosa uh and what happens is a pump is is put inside the testicles and you can pump up your penis those are the pump the pump rods and then there are some that are rigid that you can just bend your penis down or up uh when necessary uh so i don't know if this is do you think this is why you lost your marriage i i would hate to think that somebody would leave you from a medical condition simply because you don't have an erection uh, that's kind of, uh, would be very, uh, very sad. I believe that Medicare does cover the cost, but, uh, having spoken to my urologist friend, I, and he's one that does them in Montreal. His name is Dr. Serge Carrier. Now I, I think he's at the MUHC. He may have changed positions. He was the head of urology at one point. Um, but this is an operation that when, uh, when men are asked about the satisfaction are very satisfied with the outcome, but there are not that many performed every year. So you'd have to get on some kind of list or get a referral from your uh, GP to a urologist who performs them. If you can ask specifically for Dr. Serge Carrier, that would be to me your, uh, your best option. I wouldn't worry so much about the size. I mean, the, clearly you're you're talking about a, a, a flaccid penis, and frankly, uh, the, the, an erection is the great equalizer. We call it the great equalizer because even a, a very very small uh, flaccid penis could reach, you know, uh, average or above length. So uh, don't worry about that. 514-800, you still got a, a couple of minutes uh, left. I have a comment that somebody, uh, one of our texters, e uh, emailers, emailed me. On the topic of swallowing, although we haven't really talked about that, I have a solution, he says. I believe what the guys care about is not to interrupt, meaning when the man is about to come, usually the lady just stops doing everything. Instead... She should continue using her hand, and then when he is discharged, she could, uh, right, he writes, blowing him only for a while, and that gives a total satisfaction to the man without her uh, swallowing anything. I tried it with my girlfriend. This is, I try it with my girlfriend all the time. So this is somebody wanting to give uh, their own little bit of advice, which is it's actually very good advice. Rather than stop completely, you don't just stop stimulation you can continue uh, to stimulate uh, the partner or after ejaculation continue uh, stimulation as well so I hope that makes sense I hope many of your questions were answered I'm just checking to see if they are all uh, answered here yes uh, let's see I think I may have time I think I have time for one more and this is also from uh, an older person. I've recently underwent a change of what I surmise is a change in my hormonal status. Considering my particular situation, I am near 80 years old and I've had a mild case of chronic lymphocytic leukemia for more than four years. Uh, and in a W and W status, I'm thinking maybe, a in, re in remission, uh, and not having any medical treatment yet. Otherwise, I'm in pretty good shape. My only symptom is that I tire much quicker than before. 
So upon one of my periodic blood tests, I was told that my testosterone levels are below a 250 mil level, 300 is about the norm, but that it may be due to my age, which I would say yes, along with the tiredness. I was told to concentrate on foods and beverages that may help increase testosterone content. The result is that my libido has increased in recent months, and I'm certainly not complaining, but I would like to know if this is normal and not harmful. So at, as, at 80 years old, it's perfectly normal that your testosterone levels have dropped. Your con- testosterone levels continuously drop um, after they peak. So certainly after 30, they start to drop. And uh, it's normal that you would be experiencing more fatigue uh, as you get older, of course. So taking good care of yourself physically by exercising and eating well increases stamina, uh, which could include libido as well. Obviously, having a healthy libido is never harmful. That's a, that's a good thing. And in fact, you should continue sexual stimulation throughout the life cycle, even if it's solo uh, sex, because you want to keep the blood flowing to your genitals. This keeps your penis uh, as healthy as it can be by uh, by doing this. So it's the old use it or lose it um, adage that we uh that we tout around here. So you should use it. And same with aging women uh, using it as well. Uh, what point would you say that someone is developing an addiction to sex, certain types of sex? Whoa, that's a big question and maybe a little too big for tonight. So how about you tune in uh, first thing tomorrow? It's something that I will address uh, first thing right off the top of tomorrow's show. How's that? Because that is uh, actually a pretty elaborate, uh, it requires a more elaborate answer than I have time for tonight. And I don't want to rip you off of, uh, of time. That's it for me for tonight. I want to thank you all for sending in your texts and, and your questions. I, I really do appreciate it. You make the show after all. Thank you to our technical producer, Chris. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito, or you can go to my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJD, it is the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.